Welcome everybody to this special Texas Values online event celebrating 30 days since the Roe versus Wade decision, since Roe versus Wade was overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court. I'm Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. It's good to be with you on this Monday afternoon, and there certainly is a lot to celebrate, a lot to reflect on, but there's also a lot to think about moving forward and to take in since it's been over four weeks since the U.S. Supreme Court said that Roe versus Wade, a Texas case that allowed abortion through all nine months of pregnancy, is no more. They've overruled that case. They also rule, overruled another significant U.S. Supreme Court decision, just in case you haven't heard. And I'm sure you have if you're a supporter of Texas values, but you might want a little bit more insight on what has happened since then. There's certainly uh, no question that those that support abortion, people in the media and others, have done a lot of work to confuse people or make them make it unclear about where the law stands and what's really happening on these issues moving forward. We now see a lot of the debate shifting towards what's happening in the states, as well as what we see some people in the Biden administration at the federal government trying to do uh, to stop what now is uh, one of the most important decisions that the U.S. Supreme Court has ever made. And I'm glad I'm not here by myself to try to talk to you about some of this, to explain it, and to give you some insight and encouragement on these issues in our conversation today. I'm going to be joined by a member of the Texas Values team, Arena Grossu, and also some people you've probably heard of, Marjorie Dannenfelser from Susan B. Anthony List, one of the most widely recognized uh, pro-life groups across the country, and also our friend, our good friend, Mary Zock from Family Research Council. So it's great to be with y'all, though, to talk about these issues. And look, we've got an important conversation to have. So if you're watching on Facebook, like this post, share it. Let's get it into some groups. Let's get those numbers up. I'm actually going to do that right now. OK, on my phone, I'm going to share this to my personal page. So, you know, that, uh, you know, I like to practice what I preach and we hope that uh, you will do the same. Let me just quit push my share here to my post. There it is. Okay. Hopefully you will follow along with me. I want to start this important conversation with one of the most widely recognized names, voices, and individuals in the pro-life movement, and that is Marjorie Dannenfelser from Susan B. Anthony List. This is a wonderful national organization. If you're not familiar with it, I'll give her an opportunity to talk a little bit about her group as well, but they do work not only in D.C., but in all 50 states. I've seen some of their great individuals like Sue Liebel and Jessica Cologne doing great work here in our state. And Marjorie's gonna talk a little bit about some of that, but also some things that matter right in your own community, even though they're a national organization. Marjorie, welcome to our Facebook event and uh, live broadcast today to talk about 30 Days Post Row. Uh, thank you. And what a privilege to be speaking to um, this Texas family, the place where Roe began. And, uh, and where you actually led quickly to its beginning, especially given the law that, that you passed, um, the 12-week limit in that creative way that you did made an enormous difference, I believe, in our future success. But let me just start by, um, by saying that, you know, we fought this battle for uh, 50 years almost. We stood on the shoulders of giants. We still do. And we're trying to uh, I believe now is the harvest, now is the springtime for the pro-life movement, the moment at which um, all those 62 million little boys and little girls who um, are, uh, are lost to us but uh, gained in heaven, um, 
uh, their their death was was not for nothing. It was not in vain. And we've learned a lot in these years about who we are as a nation and who we don't want to be. So what a beautiful launching point at this moment in the in our culture, uh, where we need a bright light of virtue and faith and hope that this moment would come now. And I believe that this is certainly the beginning of the saving of many children's lives, the hope and healing for women across the country who need our help. Uh, and not a pill or an abortion and the door slamming behind them. This moment of such great hope that it will infuse um, other movements and uh, other hopes and dreams that we have for this nation um, because of the incredible bright light uh, that, this, that this moment is and what it means for the country and what these new boys and girls entering the world to do things that only they could do. Um, sent with mission and purpose and knowledge from their creator, only they could do these things. And now they will be allowed to do that. And we will be less dysfunctional as a nation because of it. We certainly have our work cut out for us. Um, you know, when we uh, found out that the court was going to listen to this decision, we had already been at work, but we really got to work in earnest in May of last year, making sure that every governor who could possibly be looking at a new law in their state was ready. It was a moment where most people, to be honest, even governors, not yours, many were thinking, I'm not really sure. It's sort of hard to believe Roe versus Wade be overturned. We'll see, right? This well, and, and Marjorie, you'll recall that you and I got to meet in person for the first time when you were in Texas, right? Mm -hmm. To your point of, and, and our governor was there. Governor Greg Abbott was at that event. This was a month or two before the Roe versus Wade decision came down. But, and obviously it wasn't your first time in Texas. You've been, your team's been working there and laying a lot of groundwork and foundation. We worked together with a member of your team on some state legislation last year that the governor signed into law. But even in Texas, you were spending time, members of your team were spending time to get ready for, and many of us were hoping for, right? We thought the signs were pointing to Roe versus Wade being overturned, the leaked opinion and, and certain other things, uh, the members of the court. Uh, but even in Texas, I, I just want to acknowledge it was great to meet you in person and see you spending time and uh, acknowledging the importance of the state of Texas. And I'm sure you were doing great work in other parts of the country as well. Yeah, we are, um, you know, the each of those governors that we met with before gradually became very clear. Yes, it's coming our way. We help them prepare with our allies always on the ground. But the most important thing is that uh, is lives saved so far. 11 states have either completely banned abortion or have limited it to heartbeat, like in Texas. The other, I always consider that first stop justice. That's what we must do. And we've got, and uh, many other states are in the works right now and that we could get to perhaps 22, um, not very long from now. The other part, I think of it as the two wings of the dove. There's the justice and then there's the mercy, always working together. The mercy is very much laid at the feet of the um, women who are experiencing um, pregnancy in an unexpected way, that there are issues in their life that they need addressing, and as well as helping their them and their child at a moment where there is real need. And that we have an organization uh, within our SBA list uh, called Her Plan, and that's what that is. And we're very privileged to beginning work in Texas. And um, and the, the idea is that we're in every state that has been most ambitious for life. We will be there with her plan to kind of knit together that social fabric, that network of, uh, of supporters in every aspect of care for both. Well, and I want to come back to you just in just a minute too, Marjorie, and let you give a little bit more detail 
about her plan, this wonderful program. And I met with members of your team, other members of our team have met with them as well. And so I want to hear more detail about that. I want to go next though to Mary Stock from Family Research Council. She is the director of the Center for Human Dignity. We got to spend some time in DC. I think the last time we saw each other, we were standing on the steps in front of the US Supreme Court. You had your baby there and you know, just, and it was a unifying moment, right? I mean, this was end of last year, but it was a moment where you could feel the pro-life movement coming together. You could feel some momentum, but here we are now 30 days since Roe versus Wade, you know, it's hard for me to continue to say it sometimes, right, to believe it, that it's actually happened, but we're a month now removed from Roe versus Wade being overturned. Would love to hear about what the, the last four weeks have been. I'm sure your work increased a lot, like all of us, but what that experience has been like and why it's been so significant for a national organization led by our good friend, Tony Perkins, that I know has been working and praying for this, this moment for so many years. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. And first, I'd just like to say hats off to Texas. Texas has been uh, a friend of the unborn child for a long time now, working to defend the unborn child, beginning at the moment of conception and even getting creative when, when there wasn't the option to defend life in the womb prior to viability uh, with, the, with the Texas Heartbeat Act. And that brilliant mechanism that has been saving lives in Texas for months now really just just shone light on how all all states should follow in these days in the post Dobbs decision. So so grateful for the people of Texas. So grateful for the work that they have done there. Here at Family Research Council, we're working with pastors across and legislators across the country trying to equip legislators and pastors uh, with the resources that they need on the life issues. So whether that be information about legislation at the state or federal level, what places to point people, uh, women who are in crisis pregnancy situations who have found themselves unexpectedly pregnant and, and who are working through some challenges in their lives, we, we're using a lot of the HER plan resources to, to point uh, our pastors to where they can point the members of their flock who, who are in need or where their parishioners can tell others uh, that there is a place where you can find help. There is an option for you other than abortion and, and your child has a future and we'll be here for you along the way. We're working too to highlight the post-abortion healing programs that, that exist throughout the country and to make sure that that women know that there is forgiveness, there is hope, there is healing, and, and there is a promise of a good future. Um, and, and there are options and places that people can go to receive that. And of course, as I said, we're, we're working with legislators, both on the Hill and at the state level, to make sure that we protect life at the earliest stage possible. We'd love for everyone to take a page out of Texas's book and, and begin protecting unborn children with the same fervor that we've seen the people of Texas use. Well, and I appreciate that, Mary. And I'm gonna make some comments in just a minute about the state of the law and the policy here in the state of Texas, because it's not all the same, right? A lot of people have been confused or misled or whatever by the media to think, okay, Roe versus Wade, 
uh, has been overturned, that means abortion is illegal throughout the entire country. As much as I would like to see that be the case, that is not the case. The decision sent the case, sent the decision back to the states. The U.S. Supreme Court essentially said, this isn't our decision to make. We're going to let the people and their legislative bodies work it out and decide. And that means you've got different areas to focus and depending on what the state, uh, where the state um, was set up or what they were ready for. Many states quickly are, were already primed to have a law that says abortion is not allowed and, and lives are saved throughout all stages or many stages. Uh, and I know that's something y'all been doing with different graphics, sharing information um, throughout the country, showing what the, what the map looks like throughout the country. As much as we've been trying to do our work here in the state of Texas, I know y'all have got that that national reach. I saw some some of your colleagues last week in Arizona at a conference are doing great work with that. Um, what has been sort of your experience though? When when you've um, have you seen? Uh, you, you mentioned the spiritual side, and I think that's important. I know Family Research Council does a lot of that. Are y'all seeing a lot of interest? And I would imagine women that are now looking for resources, wanting to know what's happening in my state so I can find out not only what the law is, but how that I could receive support. We have, we've seen a lot of interest from, especially from our partners, our, our donors, our, those who view our, our media wanting to know what they can tell women that they interact with. And that's really, that's really who the pro-life movement is, right? There's, there's those of us who professionally work in the pro-life movement, but unlike the pro-abortion industry, which is made up primarily of, of uh, people who are making money off abortion, the pro-life movement is made up of the people who are in the pews on Sunday. It's made up of the people who are praying outside the abortion clinics, of of the people who every year have gone to the March for Life, who've handed out flyers to ensure that pro-life legislators are elected. And those are the people who want more information so that they can give it to all the women that they interact with. Because the pro-life movement steps up to help people. And we've seen so many pro-lifers say, your child, you're, you're a woman in need. Do you need housing? I'll find you a place to live. You're a woman in need. You'd like to make an adoption plan for your child. I know a couple. I know an adoption agency that you can work with. I know a place where you can get diapers. That's what the pro-life movement is. And, and that's who I think is receiving most of our information right now. Uh, look, it's I, I imagine that the needs are at, at a higher level than they've ever been. We've got a great website set up, TexasHeartbeatLaw.com. The website is not just about that law in the state of Texas. It also is a portal, a way for people to get connected with the over 300 pregnancy resource centers throughout the state of Texas. Over $100 million has been allocated in a two-year cycle to support all our alternatives to abortion program, which is funding that goes out to these pregnancy centers and other places to support women and children. I'm gonna to go to our good friend, Arena Grosu, who moves around a lot throughout the country, but definitely in the DC area. You know, Arena, and I appreciate the work that you've done with our team for now over a year, speaking of anniversaries or milestones that we've hit in, and it's been at really a great time where we saw these issues coming, we knew about some of the work that you've done, but that's allowed you to be out and about and talking to different groups, particularly in the last uh, 30 days. And so I'd love to hear, you know, uh, the message that we all know, the excitement when the Dobbs decision came down, when Roe versus Wade was overturned, then quickly shifted to what we need to do next. And some of that's been defensive, right? Protecting ourselves from certain attacks, but really being ready to go into action. I'd love to hear sort of 
um, what your experience has been in the last 30 days and uh, and how important that's been that we were ready for this moment. Hi, Jonathan. Thank you very much. Yes, I mean, the, as Marjorie and Mary both said, this is such an exciting time um, in the history of America. Uh, this We've been waiting for this decision for almost 50 years. Uh, we said we wanted to see it in our lifetime, and here it is. And now we're uh, one month uh, out, and it's just been very, very exciting, especially to see the states uh, respond. And as Mar uh, Marjorie mentioned, there are a number of states that uh, immediately went into effect and protected uh, babies. And actually, what's even now what's happening at the state level, um, we know that Wyoming's uh, law is going to go into effect and protect babies uh, in two days, actually, and um, as well as uh, North Dakota will in three days. And, and so more and more states are uh, stepping up uh, right now, actually today in Indiana, um, they're debating their uh, pro-life protections. And so we will see even more states um, come on board. And I think that the groups are energized and it's, and it's fine that national and state groups have different strategies. Uh, some will focus on federal um, protections, federal bills, like a federal heartbeat law, while others will look, especially in states that have um, that are abortion minded on how to continue to limit abortions in those states. And and we, we have our work cut out for us. We, we will have this influx of babies that will be born. And that's very, very exciting. And I think that where groups are focusing on um, helping to get more grants in the state levels uh, to get more resources for pregnancy centers uh, and to even to help with adoptions. These are all very positive signs because as we shift now, um, the, the reality of babies being born and, and moms really needing support means that um, our pro-life groups just need to um, change, change some of their strategies as well. Um, and I think this is a very exciting time. I love what um, uh, SBA list is doing with her plan and other groups that are really um, showing what resources are available to women and children and families that are facing this. And uh, we will just need to continue to protect life. Um, as you said, there are some huge ways that um, the Biden administration is trying to attack uh, what we've been doing, but we, you know, we have um, the pro-life pro movement is on our side. Uh, people are pro-life, and I think that we were going to see more and more of these uh, laws at the state level take place. And um, a lot of what's being pushed forward is actually unlawful. You know, so uh, I could talk a little bit more about that. Well, look, I, and, and I want to uh, shift to Texas for just a minute, and then I want to go back around. Uh, and bring Marjorie Dannenfelser back in to talk about some of the work they're doing on the ground now that Roe versus Wade is overturned. Talk about her plan and some things they've been planning on for quite some time, as all of us were hoping for that. But as I've said for many years, and as I learned in law school, the law is a teacher. What the Supreme Court says is allowed and is not allowed makes a difference. I think one of the biggest reasons that there are over 60 million babies that were lost uh, from abortion because of abortion since 1973 is because the law allowed people to do that and it suggested to them that this is okay. Now that you've had the Supreme Court say it's not a constitutional right to have an abortion, it's not our decision to make, there were states ready, legislators ready, they, the, the numbers were already moving in the direction of people wanting to support life. Now that Roe versus Wade is out of the way, right, now we're seeing a clear expression of what the collectively people 
have wanted. And thankfully, so many legislatures were ready to move quickly. States like Texas were not in our legislative session. That was in an odd year. That was last year. We had already worked on doing some things like the Texas heartbeat law. We were also able to refer back to what's considered our pre-Roe statute. So laws that were in place before Roe versus Wade, that's because Roe versus Wade was a Texas case. A lot of sometimes people don't realize that outside of the state of Texas. So in, in Texas, abortion's illegal through all um, stages of pregnancy through all stages of development from conception. And so we're working on court cases right now to enforce it. Of course, the other side has pushed back. My understanding is if not the last, one of the last abortion clinics in the state of Texas, Whole Women's Health, they left, okay? They've already put up the white flag and said, we're moving out of the state of Texas and they're shifting to other states. Now I'm disappointed to hear they're now gonna try to go over to New Mexico where we have um, colleagues there as well And we'll be working on how to create that environment and not allow people to sort of take advantage of some of these things and I think take advantage of women. That's some of the work and the ability we have to leverage with Texas Values. We're a part of the Family Policy Council Network. There are 40 state groups um, throughout the country that are Family Policy Councils. We're the one designated for the state of Texas. As a matter of fact, I was in Arizona last week meeting with just about a representative from just about all of those groups, including uh, SBA list, FRC had someone there, Joseph back home and a lot of the great groups that we work with. And we're working on how do we figure out the best strategies moving forward and also about how to serve women. So, and that's key, but in the state of Texas, abortion is illegal. If you hear otherwise, it is a misstatement of the law. We're gonna work, continue to work on enforcing that with the great help of our Attorney General Ken Paxson and other members of our state legislature. Marjorie, I wanna bring you back in the conversation. There's been several references to her plan. I'd love for you to give a little bit more detail and let people know the significance of this project and how they can get involved with it. Sure, and um, uh, for us at SBA List, there's two on the ground. One is our battleground state door-to-door work, which is vital, we'll reach 4 million people at their homes in battleground states for the Senate and the House and governorships. The other on the ground is really close to home and that is her plan. It stands for her Pregnancy and Life Assistance Network. And um, we started this a couple of years ago um, with the idea that Roe versus Wade would be overturned. Uh, behavior will change, but not completely, we hope. Uh, I mean, we hope that it changes, but not it won't change completely and that there will be more babies. And we need an answer to the question, what will she do and wh- how will she care for her child, whether it's an adoption plan or herself. And so we we really uh, approach this in a really methodical way by looking at looking at a, a full state, all the assets they have for mom and child in the first, especially in the first two years of life, doing a complete analysis and making sure we mark out all over the state where those resources are in seven categories of care. And they range from health and well-being services for women, medical services for mom and child, financial assistance and education, um, uh, work opportunities, material and legal support, just physically the stuff that you have to have every day, but then also legal support, especially for women who are in uh, domestic violence situations or in um, or are being trafficked prenatal diagnosis. Let me stop you there real quick, Marjorie, because I heard Sue Liebel, your great colleague, talking about this when we were in Arizona last week. Mm-hmm. And, and, and all the points you're making are important. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think people think about this a lot. The domestic violence issues, the human trafficking. How does that connect to the abortion issue for, you know, because a lot of people are paying attention to this issue in a much bigger way than they ever did before because of the Supreme Court decision. Um, talk to us just for a minute about those key areas 
and why that allows a lot of times for people to take advantage of people and, and for us to see a higher level of abortion. Well, in, in all these areas, and certainly in the area of tra trafficking, the most extreme, there is pressure to abort. These are the seven triggers of why people have abortions in the first place. And there isn't a pressure cooker situation greater than in a sexual trafficking situation or a domestic violence situation. So being connected to those resources that can help a woman at that point, along with a mentor, to make sure that she has somebody to walk with is vital. Uh, these abortions don't occur in a vacuum. They, they just don't. Uh, we have to be there for people who are really in need. And, uh, and, and that's what her plan does. Well, I, I'm real excited. We were excited to learn more about it this year and um, love the work that y'all are doing. Real quick, before we shift gears back to Mary, um, you know, look, I know we want to continue to educate people on these issues, but there's no doubt in an election year, a mid-year election like the year we're in, we also have statewide races on the ballot here in the state of Texas that we see candidates and elected officials sort of scrambling for messages and being over political. But, you know, I do think we're going to see people that care about the life issue embrace that more, people that are running for office. I mean, what, what is your thoughts on the impact that the um, Roe versus Wade decision, the Dobbs decision, if you will, have on our elections moving forward, at least for this year? It'll have an enormous impact, the most in 50 years. Also, however, it increases intensity on the other side because they feel their rights are being taken away. And that's an intense moment. So in, in battleground states and battleground um, house seats, this is going to be uh, this is going to be the story from here on out until election day. Hearing the narrative on both sides, ours is the true one. We finally get to say, finally, our elected representatives gets to get to reflect the will of the people in the law. That's justice. The other side will be saying they all want to ban abortion. They all want to make sure that. Uh, that uh, that um, that she won't get medical help if she needs it. That she'll be in she'll be imprisoned because of miscarriages. All these lies. So that's what the political process and our engagement. It, why it's so necessary. It's why as our original mission and still our central mission is politically driven to make sure that we have the legislators who do the work to pass laws that save lives. But if we don't, if we fail in um, getting back either House of Congress, or say we lose both. Uh, we lose everything because they will pass the so-called Women's Health Protection Act, which basically puts Roe versus Wade back on the books, make sure that we can't do anything. And they absolutely are making sure that pills get illegally sent to women in every country, every country, every state to circumvent the laws in those states so that they can have their abortions in the bathroom alone and scared and with far more physical risk than they would have ever had before. The other side is, is not taking this well. They're violent. They're going to circumvent the law. They're going to um, do things on the administrative level in the in this during this presidency to try to overturn these laws. It is, the battle has begun. I have to be honest that what I'm seeing among a lot of our pro-life friends um, is that they feel like the battle is over. And I, this is happening every day um, in, in conversations that I have. They don't, there is, there, there is no sense that we can rest now. This is the beginning of the beautiful part that we've been working for. And uh, we, we can't get, fall asleep at the wheel. No, look, I couldn't agree with you more. And I'm glad that you took time short of the end of your comments there to stress on that. Um, that the work, I mean, look, it, I was in Arizona last week with one of my colleagues, June, June uh, excuse me, Julaine Appling, who had her office firebombed because she's a pro-life nonprofit advocacy organization. We've seen the threats, we've seen uh, the spray painting, we've seen the aggressiveness. 
I mean, we've seen them be very clear. I mean, they want people to die. They want our side to be intimidated. And a lot of that intimidation is against the pregnancy centers, the people that are doing that life-saving work every day that are providing resources, not just there for uh, the delivery of the baby and before, but for after the fact, getting job training, providing resources for the mother and the baby so they can survive. A lot of things that are key and we've seen this aggression uh, from the other side or whatever side they're on. They're certainly um, are not on the side of life and they want people to be afraid. And so, look, if those pregnancy centers are not able to continue to do that work, um, that that is going to have a huge negative effect. And, and I'm going to go to Mary real quick because we saw a vote taken on this in, in Congress I don't know if it was a resolution or sort of a statement of support. Maybe you can categorize it better for me because uh, I do most of my work primarily at the state legislative level. But the vote was about saying, hey, condemning the violence against pregnancy centers. And I don't think they could get I don't know if any Democrats or a majority of votes to say this shouldn't be allowed. We should be able to at least come together on this issue. You're absolutely right. And, and that's what we've seen from Democrats in Congress since the passage of Dobbs. The Republicans have responded in Congress with efforts to support women and moms. We've seen all sorts of creative legislation that, that protects pregnancy resource centers, that offers child support, offers a child tax credit, offers adoption support. We've seen that creativity in, in supporting women to achieve their dreams and to carry their child to term and to make the best plan possible for their child. From the other side, we've seen destruction, we've seen violence, we've seen an effort to codify Roe, to, to mail chemical abortion pills, which- Well, and no, and, and I'm gonna stop you for just a second, Mary, those two key points. Number one, that Congress could codify Roe, as significant as it was, that we overturned Roe versus Wade, and now we've got states that have the ability on their own to decide this. That doesn't mean that the House and the Senate at the federal level could not take action that extend that, right? I mean, that we certainly, they certainly could have, could do that. They've got the ability to do that, whether or not they have the votes, but they're trying. This To, to Marjorie's point about, we, we can't rest and act like, okay, just because Roe versus Wade is overturned, our work is done. Because again, that decision simply says that there's no constitutional right to an abortion and the states get to decide. But the federal government could have something to do, do with that with the House and the Senate. Um, and to your to your other point about what we're seeing, the, the attacks on some of the on, on the pregnancy centers and what could end up happening with election results. There's a lot of the I'm sorry, the chemical abortions was the point I was going to make. Overwhelming majority of abortions are now are not surgical. There's these pills and these different chemical ways that are sometimes hard to know or can be easy to hide through the mail and other methods. So you're, you're right on point with that. Right. And what we know about chemical abortion is that the, the rate of complication increases significantly the further along a woman is in gestation. And so these organizations that are mailing women chemical abortion pills and, and then telling a woman, act as your own doctor. You figure out how far along in your pregnancy you are. Well, they're relying on the, on the rhythm method, which they would make fun of in any other context. But in this context, they're fine with a woman using the rhythm method to date her pregnancy. They're fine with a woman using her Dr. Google to figure out if she has an ectopic pregnancy or to figure out if she's RH positive. And what they're really doing is they're not only putting the lives of unborn children in danger, which, which we all know is a horrific tragedy, 
but they're putting the lives of women in danger as well. And, and this is really just showing the true colors of the abortion industry, that they don't care about children, obviously, but they also don't care about women. Well, and Mary, look, if, if only 3% of their businesses, many of them said for years, was about abortion and 97% was everything else, why are they all of a sudden all of them or many of them closing in states where, where abortion is no longer legal? I think we've seen that truth come out that we've known for many years, certainly in the state of Texas and others. I want to bring Arena Grosu back in, and then we're going to come back around one more time and do like just a one-minute closing of what y'all think is the most important thing for people in the pro-life movement and Americans across the country to be thinking about in this issue. Because one of the things that I think has been very key, this is an extraordinary moment that we have where so many more people are focusing and thinking about the issue of life. They're thinking about the issue of of abortion um, at a higher level than they ever have. And maybe people that have never even given it much thought before, we've now sort of got their attention. And I think it's a great opportunity to share good information. But let me, Arena, you know, we visit a lot on this issue. We've done several events. We did an event in June, right, celebrating nine months of the Texas heartbeat law, anticipating that we would have a good decision. We have a state law, thanks to the great work of SBA lists and others, that says you can't have mail order abortions in the state of Texas. Uh, so we've done some great things in Texas and other states have too. Um, but look, I mean, we saw a lot of congressional hearings in, on this issue. Uh, there, there still is something um, reason to be concerned, but I do think that we've had a lot more people maybe that we wouldn't have been aware of or now showing some of their true colors. We've seen some people change parties, seeing people be a little bit more confident to be pro-life now that Roe versus Wade is behind us. Yeah, that's right. And I think that, um, as, as I mentioned before, the majority of Americans are pro-life. And um, this shows that how, how far out um, the U.S. was compared to the rest of the countries um, before Roe was overruled. Um, America was one of seven countries that allowed abortion until the day of birth. Uh, we were just very, very extreme. And, um, you know, when when people see what abortion does and actually live action and other groups have taken videos to the streets of uh, what what abortion does, uh, people who say that they're pro-abortion, once they see what it does to the child and as to Mary's point, uh, just even the harms to the woman, they say, oh, I'm not for that. Um, And I think that uh, that's part of building the culture of life now. Uh, that'll be that will have to be part of our work. And as Marjorie um, said, look, we cannot be sleeping at the wheel. Um, the 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 other side is really aggressively pushing for for things um, that to continue to have abortion um, as, in whatever way they can. And so, um, scaring women into thinking that if if she has a miscarriage or if she has an ectopic pregnancy. Yeah. Well, neither of those things are abortions. Uh, Imtala, for example, which uh, they're trying to push to protect abortion, is it does not apply to those issues. And um, as well as pharmacies, they're, they're really um, just recently, a couple of weeks ago, the Biden administration pushed for pharmacies to um, provide chemical abortions on pain of being called discriminatory. And this is an affront to conscience protections as well. And I think that as we're looking at these issues and and, and, pro, and pro-life groups cannot stand silent, we, we need to continue to do the work. We will see some major um, 
attacks on conscience in hospitals, from uh, physicians, for medical professionals. And that is an issue that the pro-life movement will need to take up because um, doctors and healthcare professionals have a right to practice according to what they were what they were meant to do, which is the Hippocratic Oath, um, and to protect life, not not to harm women and children. And so we have our work cut out for us. Um, obviously, this has been such a an amazing um, time and celebration, but we have a lot of of work ahead of us, and we need to continue to stand strong because. Um, the other side is is going to continue to push the envelope as much as possible. Well, and I want to make one comment. You're absolutely right. I want to make one comment, though, that we haven't touched on. And then I want to allow Mary Marjorie uh, to give kind of a final comment about what they think people should be thinking about across the country or a good focus, you know, maybe in the next 60, 90 days or the second half of this year. One of the things we're seeing a lot of activity on is where the issue of the economy and financial decisions intersect with the abortion decision, right? We're seeing some woke corporations, if you will, that are saying, I will pay for you to have abortion. I will pay for you to have time off. I will pay for you to fly to another state just so we can help you, you know, take the life of your child. And I want to get into all the details and the arguments surrounding that, but we're seeing that. We're also seeing some states like Texas that say, if you're using your corporate money to do some of this, that violates laws like accomplice liability and other issues. So we're seeing sort of both sides recognize, and really it's no surprise the abortion movement would turn more to the economic side because we feel that's what a lot of this has been about. But we're going to see some of those things play out. And look, and there might be some issues of law and policy or there that people haven't thought about in a while that work into our favor. But we know our friend Abby Johnson tells us this is a financial decision for a lot of women. $200 can be the difference of whether or not a woman has an abortion or not. And so the more that we can provide those free resources and help her see that she shouldn't have to make a decision like that and it shouldn't come down to that, I think we can be in a better position moving forward. But I don't think we should be afraid to look at where we can have law um, policy made or we can push back against those things or we can engage in litigation when we need to to enforce laws that exist to not allow women to be taken advantage of that way or for these corporations to think they can provide that care for an abortion, but not for when the when the woman delivers the baby, as we've seen in a current setting. Mary, I'm going to go back to you. We're going to go reverse order, and then we'll end with Marjorie. Just about 30 seconds, 45 seconds, what you think people need to be thinking about, and maybe what you know, um, so, um, services or things that Family Research Council provides that you want to point to people on this important issue. Thanks so much, and, and it's been great being on here. I'm honored to be part of this today. Family Research Council has a signature event called Pray, Vote, Stand, and, and that's where I think people need to be right now. First, we need to be praying. We need to be praying for the protection of unborn life in all stages, in all states, and, and we need to be praying for the heroic members of the pro-life movement who are working to bring that about. We need to be praying for moms in need, for, for their courage, for their safety, for their, the protection of their unborn child. We need to be praying for the family to be strengthened strengthened, and, and for pro-life legislators to work to accomplish those goods. And we need to vote. As Marjorie mentioned and Arena mentioned, these elections are so important. And, and we need to do everything possible to ensure that pro-life legislators are elected again. And then we need to stand up for life. And Family Research Council has a number of resources on our website. We have our new Washington Stand, a news outlet where, where you can receive the news on, on all the issues from 
that, that we're seeing today from a biblical worldview perspective. Um, we, have, we have information on resources for pregnancy resource centers, for post-abortive healing, um, for adoption care, and, and info on chemical abortion and how you can work to support pro-life legislators across the country. So I'd encourage you to pray, vote, and stand. Well, thank you, Mary. I appreciate you being a part of our online event today. And, and please um, send our regards and our well wishes and our thank yous to Kana, to uh, Joseph Backholms, who I saw last week, and of course, our great friend, Tony Perkins. So, so great to partner with you all for so many years. Marjorie, you guys, I, I was at that event earlier this year in Texas, in Dallas. I was blown away. Not that I should have been all that surprised, but I got a really strong sense of the vast nature of the different work and the different fields and uh, topics, if you will, as far as um, advocacy that you're involved in, places that you're involved in, and different aspects to your work. Um, wh what do you want people to be thinking about in the second half of the year as we move forward now that we're 30 days after Roe versus Wade going down? Well, Mary nailed it. I mean, by the grace of God, we really focused on winning elections, a U.S. Senate, a president, confirmation battles ending up in Supreme Court justices that are just. And because of that work and God's grace, we have over, God with our help has overturned Roe versus Wade, uh, allowing his children to actually enter the world for the purposes that it was designed for them. So keep, go with the date that brought you. Um, stay focused on winning battleground elections in uh, on the federal level so that we can preserve this Roe versus Wade victory, also in the state legislature so that we can preserve the laws that get passed that save lives. And the other piece, so stay focused on, on the vote. And then the other piece is uh, continue and and um, double down on the service to women in your backyard. Uh, the, the, the hands and feet of um, and, uh, and the Matthew uh, challenge to us, which is to be the servant of all. And that's uh, in the end, if we can serve and uh, empty out all of our own ambition and pour it out, our love on others, then um, it will have been a beautiful pro-life movement, one worthy of the term life. No, I couldn't have said it any better. And look, it's it's great also for y'all. And I thank y'all so much for coming on because one of the things that we work very hard on at Texas Values is building those partnerships, creating more unity in the pro-life movement and other issues as well. And, and that's by spending time together, sharing information, but also making some of our platforms and the things that we do available so you can share the information with people. And so together, we can continue to have this pro-life movement, this pro-life moment move forward in such a robust and a successful way. And we've got a great opportunity for people to learn more about these issues too. We've got an event on September 23rd and 24th. This is our Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum. This is the largest educational faith and family and pro-life event in the state of Texas. We have it every year. It's gonna be at Great Hills Baptist Church in Austin, Texas, September 23rd and 24th. We've got some great announcements of speakers that we're gonna have coming up really soon. So we want people to, to, to come along board to come to our event in person. It's a two day event. I know it's a lot of time to spend with us, but you'd be surprised the amount that you learn. We usually have about 30 different speakers and some incredible ones in the past. You can check our website for some of that information. And if you see value to the work we're doing, we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We ask you to continue to support us and to consider a tax deductible donation that you can make at our website, txvalues.org. Um, Arena Grosu, Mary Sock, 
from Family Research Council, Marjorie Dannenfelser from Susan B. Anthony List. Thank you so much for being a part of this event today. God bless you in the work that you're doing, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you. All right, that wraps up our event. Stay tuned to our website for more updates at txvalues.org.